0: Greetings and welcome back to another episode of The Bit Between. Today we have Jack Lyons from Pythia. How's it going, man? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, um, so before we get started, do you mind giving people a little bit of a introduction to you and your brand and what you do? Definitely. My
1: name is Jack Lyons. I'm from San Francisco, California. I run Pythia Clothing, which is kind of a... I started off making one-on-ones, so sewing, embroidering, screen printing in my room, and now I kind of do More so collection based things with still one-on-ones, but not my primary.
0: Yeah. Um, so do you mind telling us how, how you got into that? Because it seems like, uh, you actually, um, do software engineering, right?
1: Yeah. I was studying computer science I graduated a few months ago. Um, but my junior year of college, I bought a sewing machine. And with that, the main goal was going on something like shark tank. Like I thought I had this idea of like a new sneaker where I was going to have the zipper on the back so you could kind of just like slide on your shoe and not tie laces anymore. So I thought that was like a pitch worthy idea for Shark Tank. And uh, yeah, I was just looking for something to get into. So that was the route I took. And then with the sewing machine, I started customizing my own clothes and then went down the rabbit hole, of like learning how to make more clothes.
0: Yeah. Uh, how, how did you how did you learn to, to make all that stuff? Because, you know, you didn't study it at college or anything. Yeah. The hardest
1: part, especially with sewing was getting like the the thing threaded, like the Bobbin understanding, like the mechanism behind it to get like the string through certain loops within the machine. Uh, so that was like a lot of YouTube right there. But, uh, after that, like once I got my first stitch, then it was all just trial and error. Like if I didn't know something everything's on youtube everything's online so i always had that but i think the biggest learning curve for me was just messing up as many times as possible and like a lot of my designs come from those mess ups like my patches a lot of those patches were on those hoodies because i overstitched or like did got two pieces of fabric caught while sewing and had to cut it so just things like that just learning
0: yeah so you learned through a uh, youtube university i guess yeah, yeah um, so before we get into more about your brand and stuff like that, uh, do you mind tell me a little bit like what it was, what it was like growing up in California what, what your family's like and stuff? Yeah, definitely.
1: So I am from San Francisco in the city. I have two younger brothers, but I'm older by eight years and 10 years. So I kind of was that only child growing up for a while, pretty young parents. I mean, when they're like 24, 25, um, my dad's from Ireland, so He's from out there. I kind of grew up going there for Christmas every summer and then uh, Christmas every summer, Christmas every winter, my bad. And then my mom's from Chicago. So kind of mix of the two American or the American world and then like uh, Ireland for my family background kind of stuff. Growing up, I played like a lot of sports, wasn't really into art at all. Like I can't remember a single time I drew or designed clothes. Like there's one little caveat, like in third grade, which I was probably like, what, 10, 11 kids in my class, started drawing clothes on like uh on like post-it notes. And I was like, this is kind of fun. Like I like doodling in class. I wasn't the best student until like high school. Like that's when I kind of take, took things seriously. But in middle school, I was like doodling. I was drawing like little t-shirts and stuff, but I stopped doing that after a while. Cause it wasn't, I didn't think it was that manly. Like my homies weren't doing that. So I wasn't just going to go down that path, but I uh, wish I did a lot earlier. Cause that probably would have panned out.
0: Yeah. So I I know that a lot of people struggle with pressure from friends or family and things like that. Do you think that, um, do you think that it was difficult going down this sort of route with, with the social pressures of it?
1: Definitely. It's a big, uh, you have to really let go of that ego. So like me personally, I was very like, I didn't want to tell people about Pythia. I didn't want to tell people I was making clothes. Like my roommates had to know because the machine was in the living room all the time and I had scraps all over the place. But When it came to like telling people, it wasn't my thing. So with Pythia, I really like grew an Instagram out of a bush. Like all those initial followers were from getting on pages or outreach or messaging people. So I definitely struggled with telling people about it or like kind of putting my name on things. I was going to go the anonymous route. And that's kind of where the name Pythia comes from. The Pythia was this middle woman between Apollo and the people. So she was kind of like the intermediary between the voice so i saw like Pythia could be just like my shadow figure that i'm not even associated with but i'm pushing like my message through but uh, over time like you got to interact with the fans it became fun i got a little bit more confident with my craft so uh yeah I kind of i went the route of letting people find me and then once i had that backing then i like started telling people about it and getting more people involved
0: Hmm, that's that's an interesting way of doing it because I think a lot of people like even before they get started, they just tell everybody that they know that they're starting this thing, they're doing this thing. But it seems like you did it in kind of a uh, more non-conventional way, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate, but the day we live in is no one really wants you to succeed. Like they want to be your friend if you're successful. They want they want to be there for the rise. But if you're in that initial stage, they don't want they don't want you to do they don't want you to blow up or do anything with that or because then they see you as like a competition so that's where you find like your real friends too like if they don't see you going into your endeavors as a threat that's something really important um and friends especially but yeah for me i just didn't want to subject myself to other people's opinions early on and i didn't think telling people was going to do me any benefit so i just didn't hmm
0: and and how about how about your family i'm currently on a gap year um, and you know most of my family have been pretty supportive so I think this it's a lot easier for me however you know I have no idea what it was like for you did your family support you in that decision to kind of go down that route
1: definitely my uh, my parents are always really supportive um, it was a big thing for me to finish school definitely because i was already two years in and uh, I mean starting a clothing brand isn't Promise money at all, or like promise income at all. Like I could, like, as long as for me, it was as long as I was paying the rent and like eating food, I'm good. But uh, with my parents, they have a little bit more of a stress on me than that. So it was important for me to finish school and kind of just get that backing with it. But uh, did that, like uh, that was kind of more just time management thing. And it honestly made making clothes a lot more fun. Cause I could wake up, go to class, go to tutoring, finish all my stuff before like four or five. And then that's like my hobby. Like making clothes was like my pastime. Whereas now it's like my work. So now I wake up and I make clothes till that time and then I take a break. Whereas like my break before was making clothes. So it's kind of, it was an interesting time for sure. But um, really enjoyed school. Uh, My grandparents, big supporters too. Um, My grandma, both grandmas sewed. I didn't really know this growing up, but my grandma in Ireland actually got her uh she got an f in her class for home because it was a like a sewing class and she sewed the dress too well to where the the teacher didn't believe that she made it like she wow. she bought it at a store so that was kind of cool and then my grandma from the, she's from Canada but my state's grandma because my that grandma's in Ireland but my grandma in the states it's like an hour south she showed me kind of like the little like uh like the tricks and tips of sewing like I already had known how to sew but I didn't know how to like go backwards on a stitch to lock it type things like that. So like little things like that, my grandma helped me out with for sure.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you, you mentioned this, uh, a little bit there, but it seems like making clothes went from being a hobby or something you did in your spare time into recently, once you've graduated being your full-time job. Um, what was that transition like? And how was it to have this, uh, hobby or thing that you just enjoy doing how is it how have you found doing that as like the day job doing that as your full-time thing
1: yeah it's the dream you know like i was looking for jobs up until four to five months ago and it was like tech jobs and i just was really kind of worried about am i gonna have enough time for pithia like am i like will it work out will my like even like i don't know the the whole like having a boss thing is kind of interesting because it's like would they want you to even do well in your other side job if you're not like, if you're, if it's taking away from their, their prized possession, their job. So, um, yeah, that kind of worried me. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to move to LA and just figure it out. So I came out here and then just started figuring out, put all the eggs in one basket and yeah, it's going well.
0: Do you think that was quite risky?
1: Definitely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Definitely risky, but I mean, I am very trusting in myself. So if I think I can do it, like I'm not like, I'm scared when I should be scared and I'm not scared when I shouldn't be scared. What do you mean? I think I said it wrong. I'm not scared when I should be scared. No, I'm scared when I should be scared. And I'm not scared when I shouldn't be scared. Like I came out to LA with enough backing to know that I can make it probably four to five months. Like, like it's enough.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's like putting yourself straight into the deep end, I guess then.
1: Yeah, definitely threw myself in the water out here. But LA is just everything I asked for. Like I came down here. I hadn't been to LA before I moved. I came down and looked at an apartment the week before. um, And I just kind of like, I feel like I just rip energy from the floor here. Like there's so many people, like everyone you meet, they have something to talk about. Everyone's doing their own little thing. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of interesting people down here. I love meeting new people. It's super fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've recently kind of found the value of having a network, you know, knowing people um, gets you into a lot of places or gets you jobs or gets you here, there, and everywhere. Um, And LA seems like a big hub, especially in the underground streetwear industry. So have you found that you've uh, met more people that you can maybe collaborate with in the future or have helped you out and stuff like that? Definitely. I feel like I'm meeting a new person
1: every day at this point. Um, But I moved down here mainly to get closer to my manufacturer. So that's been beautiful being able to drive and see things getting made. Um, I really want to learn more about how things get made and like, kind of, I want to like sleep at the manufacturer's like facility if I can, like actually watching everything get made from like scratch to the final end. Like that's the, that's the goal. Like I'm trying to learn how to get to the top and, as many tools under my belt will get me there. So if I can learn every little knickknack about how to make clothes, all the different types of printing, uh, embroidery, all that kind of stuff, then those tools are in my mind for using on, on future clothes. And that's kind of like the route I went in the beginning is like, I got the sewing machine and I'm like, I want to do text but i can't screen print yet so i got the embroidery machine and then i got the printing machine so just kind of like learning more and now i think with this facility or like being close i can learn like how to do it like a pro rather than like do.
0: yeah i mean to to begin with you were doing a lot more of the one-of-one stuff Mm -hmm. um and now your more recent collections have been like proper collections you've done um kind of pre-orders and you know made a lot of stuff compared to before where you'd just make one garment um what kind of sparked the transition from doing really like handcrafted one of one pieces um to now doing bigger collections
1: um it's more so like i kind of realized like i'm not making enough like i love getting my clothes on people like that's like the best thing for me is getting my clothes in as many closets as possible and the one hundred ones are awesome, and that's like my hobby, and that's what I love doing. But my one hundred ones, like, I needed to stick to the goal. Like, the one hundred ones are all prototypes. Every single hoodie is a prototype. Every single pair of pants, like, all of them are numbered for a specific reason, and that is so that I can mass produce each one of those designs down the line. Like in my head right now, I've four hundred different things that I could get made and sell like a hundred of them or whatever down the line. So I've been making like one kind of lookbook of things with my one-on-ones and the the main goal all along was just getting in as many closets as possible and i can't do that yet if that makes sense like i i can't manufacture all these hoodies so my first step of action was making t-shirts that are going to just that everyone can get like five dog tea the free tea just getting it out there like making my supporters happy right now is kind of what i'm doing and then down the line, like, my one of ones will start turning into drops. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Like, I'm really looking forward to, like, making my butterfly hoodies and things like that, so.
0: Yeah, but, like, when it comes to the butterfly hoodies and a lot more of the kind of more complex designs that you've done, uh, the one of ones went for, you know, a decent amount of money, something like a couple hundred dollars or if not more. Um, so what's the plan to be able to make an affordable version that that people can can buy or or is the plan to kind of make them just as handcrafted and just as you know intricate
1: i want them to be very intricate so the price is going to have to reflect on that because i mean people need to be paid minimum wage for their work and time and materials etc but i want the one of ones to be affordable like i want my they're not going to be one of ones anymore so i want my one of ones to set the tone of what to expect but then i want the actual products like so prototype to product. I want the, the product, the final product to be affordable, but I want it to have that same intricacies. Like, so maybe instead of like my one of ones that are like the butterfly ones say 500, these will be around 250, 200. So it's, you're getting the same piece, but you're not getting that initial, that original one that took me four times as long to make, because I'm still like, when I make a hoodie, it's a whole creative process. Like I would make one little piece, I sew that on, and then I see what to add next. So if I drew everything out, it would take a lot quicker. Like I'd be a lot quicker with it because it would be a plan. But I just kind of like things take a couple of days because I just let them take a couple of days.
0: Hmm, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about about you and you know what what it's been like for you to to progress as a person. Um, with the growth of your of your brand. Um, how how did you kind of start off? What were what were you like when Pythia first died?
1: Yeah, it was pretty sad. I was going through, like, uh, I mean, college is hard. So, like, you kind of feel lonely. You don't really know what's next. Uh, So I was, yeah, down bad, like you could say. And then it gave me a little glimmer of hope. And I just kept running with that. And, I mean, my supporters are the best. I'm friends with. That's, like, another thing is, like, I kind of made this goal to reply to, like, every DM that's not, like, hey, can I get free clothes or, like, (laughs) anything like that, like, it's like, I don't really feel bad not replying, but anyone trying to like connect with me, I'm going to have a conversation with you. So I think that also helped out a lot, like boosting my spirits, having people to talk to, stuff like that. So yeah, it's been
0: awesome. Yeah. And that, so, so you as a person, how do you think you've developed as Pithy has developed? Yeah. So
1: it's been two years now. So when I started Pithy, I was 20 years old, still in college, and now I'm 22 out of college in LA. So I feel like I've definitely gone through like kind of my like a big transition in my life as I've had Pythia and I'm just super grateful for Pythia because it gave me that 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 answer that I was looking for like I I always wanted to be a business owner I always wanted to be doing something and I just didn't know what I was doing so I felt pretty lost at the time and uh yeah Pythia gave me something to do
0: Hmm. yeah um Was it, was it strange to see, I'm guessing like with you doing software engineering, like you had a lot of friends kind of in that, um, circle. Did, did you have a lot of friends in that circle or were they just kind of everywhere?
1: No, I didn't. Um, I knew, okay. So one of my roommates was in software engineering and he's, he was in ISTA. So information sciences. So we took a lot of the initial courses together, which was dope. And uh, I met like a, I'd say met like three to four friends let's say joe and gabe are like my two closest friends out of computer science but i only went into computer science my sophomore year sophomore okay. year so before that i was in mining engineering What's and that, that...
0: Oh, oh mining okay yeah yeah, mining,
1: yeah like uh, gold ore and stuff yeah, yeah. Like that. so arizona is a pretty big mining school and I was in that. It was cool. My dad does construction, so I had this interest in being like a geotech kind of, like underground soils kind of engineering stuff like that. But what really piqued my interest was Elon Musk talking about uh, underground cars and tunneling for like the Tesla to go on the side of the road, go underground, and you go through like these tubes and stuff. I remember seeing this video. I'm like, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to be involved in. So that kind of branched my my interest in a tech i think and then once i realized like the the opportunities in mining are pretty like out there like i want i'm a city kid so i wanted to be in the city and that's not going to happen with mining engineering so uh then i took my ride to computer science and uh it was super fun like computer science is dope because i think i like logic a lot and i like making things so getting like the the computer science like test cases to pass when you turn in the homework was like the best feeling ever but definitely really hard like work
0: yeah excuse me um i mean computer science is notoriously one of the most difficult majors or degrees that you you can do so um you must be a must be a smart cookie i guess (laughs) yeah it's
1: interesting i never thought of myself as smart and i think i kind of i always felt like in school like no matter what I did, my teacher's not gonna give me an A. Like I felt like school was super subjective of like, if the teacher likes you, like it's it's just a proven fact. Like if you write a paper and you give it to someone and they like you, they're gonna read it in a certain way. And if they don't like you, they're gonna read it in a, in a worse way. So that's kind of how I felt. And um, so, yeah, I never really felt like I was a good student in school. And I kind of took it upon myself, like I'm gonna get a major that I don't even need to like say anything about myself like it just it kind of just shows that i went through like the the rigor of school and like that's that. So that's kind of the route i went i didn't want to kind of just another thing of like not wanting to seek approval like just here it is that's it. Thanks.
0: Yeah. That makes a, a lot of sense that's a sensible decision to make i guess. Um i think a lot of people are struggling with with choosing their majors and 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 just choosing what they want to do with their lives like Me, for example, I have absolutely no idea what I want to do. I went to uni for a bit and studied biology and, like, it was crap. I'll I'll, I'll happily say that. So um, picking something as kind of as as solid as computer science is a really smart move and a really good idea. But it comes, like you say, with all that work and it's tough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely tough. But uh, I also enjoyed it for sure. Like, there's kids in the class that know everything like they they're like genius computer science kids whereas i was probably like on the lesser end of the class but what i would do is just go camp at the tutoring center all day and like by the end of my four years most of these tutors like knew me on the first name basis type deal. so and like office hours going in and sitting in my teacher's office like i kind of learned if you put in the effort or if you if you let people know you're trying they're not going to fail you so that was kind of like that was my brute force method for computer science because by no means was i if like if i didn't have tutoring or if i didn't like do that extra step to get help i wouldn't have made it through there's no way
0: yeah yeah i was having a look at your your linkedin doing some research and you haven't done that many interviews so it's a bit difficult to to find Mm -hmm. stuff on you but um do you want to tell me a little bit about CatSat and the whole NASA kind of thing going on.
1: Yeah, um, that was something I got into at the end of school. So I was in that looking for a job phase and I hadn't had any like kind of computer science internships. So I asked my my advisor in the computer science center, like, "Hey, do you guys have any links or connections to some in- internships, like even at the school, like computer tech office or whatever, and uh, set me up with an interview for CATSAT, which was... CatSat was like this, it's a NASA brand student, no, it's a NASA student ran mission through Arizona and it's a like a micro satellite that gets put in the tips of that one's going out in the next SpaceX launch. So the next big like Tesla launch, it goes in the very tip of the, tip of the rocket and there's like hundreds of these micro satellites and once it hits space they all just disperse like they just all go out into space. And the CATSAP that we were working on was testing this new inflatable um, antenna. So it would be like a box like this and the antenna was inflatable. So it'd be like, as like, I don't even know if there's, there's no air in space. So I'm a little confused on what the actual, the inflatable part was, but it would inflate out and it was like, kind of like a safe, uh, space saver idea and. My goal was, re- or my job was relatively simple. Um, mine was coding like the commands for earth to the spaceship. So computer science is pretty like logic based, like I said. So it's literally turning things on. Like if some, if signal gets sent here, if that signal reads this thing, turn something on. That's kind of, that was, cause first thing I learned was anything can go wrong in space, everything and everything will go wrong in space. So you want to make things as simple as possible. So like single line codes are kind of what they use. Um, unfortunately, I was only with the program for like four months, three months, because I was graduating. And I think it's like a legal reason that I couldn't work on it after being out of, out of school. So I think that was really cool.
0: Yeah. How does it? How does it make you feel knowing that something that you've contributed to, something that you've worked on is potentially gonna be in space.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I mean that's like the original idea. Like I was like kinda of want to tell my grandkids I have something out there. So that's like the that's the initial like spark of wanting to do it for sure.
0: That's so cool. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the future of Pythia and um and you, Jack. Um what are kind of your your goals and, and where do you kind of want to wanna to take this?
1: Definitely. Um, with Pythia, I think my goal is scaling, so I want to get a lot more clothes out there and do a lot more things, and that kind of is on me to hire people. So I just hired my first intern. Uh, well, I've had I've had online interns in the past, but my first in-person intern. So his name's Matt, doing a great job with helping out with like support and like coming over for like photo shoots, just being an extra set of hands, and then he'll learn the ropes over time. So I want to build a team for sure while I'm out here in LA. And then growth-wise, like myself, I'm trying to just get involved with as much as I can. Like I'm I'm trying to get involved with being like, uh, like doing like other people's merch or like overseeing manufacturing. Like I'm just trying to learn. I'm trying to play every role that I can and just get like as much experience while I'm young, while I'm not here too.
0: That's, yeah, that that makes sense. Do you have any kind of, top tips or tricks that you've that people have have told you and have really helped
1: Hmm. um yeah so my uncle my uncle and i was like probably like 12 Asked him because he's successful so i asked him like what what should i do like i've always been really intrigued by like kind of making things work out for myself it's a big worry of mine so really early on i asked this question and stuck with me forever it was like every day like life is kind of like this like staircase like if you take one step every day you'll eventually reach the top so that's kind of like how i like you don't need to take like 10 steps in one day one step a day you eventually like will get there there's only so many steps you can take and if you take one a day you're good so that's kind of like the the route i went i'm just going to learn something new every day and then um with that like you just are curious you find out a lot more information you feel like you're not stagnant and that's kind of like when i do feel stagnant and i'm not trying to learn something every day and then like another thing that i've kind of learned is just through like myself is there's valleys and peaks so you'll be doing really good and when you're doing really good ride the hell out of that that wave like keep going like you don't know when that next peak is but once you hit it you're gonna hit it like you're not like it doesn't last forever it's gonna be a gradual decline, which is fine. Like let, let things slow down. Like you can be down bad for a little bit, but there's only one way from down, like, and it's up. So it's gonna be just like always peaks and valleys. So when I'm on that, like high, when I'm like going, when I'm doing really well, when engagement's good, when my posts are going, like when everyone's loving Pythia, I keep going, I keep pushing, I'm trying to get more stuff out. But when things are, like not that hot I'll still do what I'm doing but I just know that I'm like excited for that next that next jump because I know it's coming like something's coming so that's kind of like how I do and then other than that just don't give up like um like people just give up way too quick like the first thousand followers of your brand is so hard but growth is exponential and learning is linear like you can only learn so many things in a day so you're going to be just learning steadily and if you keep going you'll be really smart one day, like you'll be the best, but growth, like you can be like really flat. And then the second you get to like 10, like let's say 10 followers, that next 20 followers is way easier. And then that's 60 followers and then you're at a thousand and then 4k. And then you know what I mean? Like it keeps multiplying with, with growth for sure.
0: Hmm.
1: So don't, don't get too caught up in it. Just keep working.
0: Before we kind of wrap things up, I want to ask you some uh, kind of quick fire questions that I like to ask everybody. So the first thing would be, what do you think it is that makes you stand out from everybody else? Hmm, Me as a person or my brand? Um, first, we'll do you as a person and then we'll do your brand. Okay.
1: I think uh, I think my transparency sets me apart. I'm very like forthcoming on what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do and I saw that as kind of like just a benefit like people people are curious they want to know what's behind the scenes and I saw a kind of gap in the market where no one knows how clothes are getting made no one knows this behind the scenes or even like who the owners are so that's kind of like why I love this like small community that I'm part of like seeds like you said Diego like Sam everyone like that like we're all showing people how to do things and that's kind of like a new revolution of being a brand owner so For me, I think it's, yeah, like reaching out, showing my processes, stuff like that. And then your brand. And then my brand, I think, uh, when I started sewing, I didn't know a single person, my age, like, especially like male sewing one of ones, like it's become a big thing now, but, uh, I'm just going to stick to doing that. Like the prototype thing, like. That's like where my longevity comes. Like I want to create things that haven't been made and I want to save onto those design prototypes and make them mass scale one day. So that's kind of where I come from. Like, I just want to, I want to check off as many things as being my designs as possible.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have any regrets?
1: Regrets. Hmm. Not really, honestly, like there's been a couple of weeks, like uh, I remember December of 2020 or 2019 going into 2020, like I just didn't feel too hot. Like I just wasn't, I didn't post for like a month and a half. And I think that was like, that's like one of the biggest mistakes I've done with this brand, which is still a very small mistake, but just, I you can't let up. You can't just stop for a couple months. You lose all your motivation, all your traction. So that's something that I've kept in the back of my head. Like if you don't have something posted in like the next week or two, like you're going to find something. You have to find something. Yeah. (laughs) So,
0: yeah. Um, yeah. What would be some advice for your younger self?
1: My younger self. Trust the process. I think like, uh, I've all like figure it out and trust the process. Like every answer out there is out there. Like you can Google every single thing and nothing is impossible. Like if Louis Vuitton can make, A really nice leather bag so can you you might you just need to go find that person who made you need to go shake some hands like that's literally it like anything's possible if someone else has done it you can do it too so that's kind of the way i look at things like i want to make luxury bags like louis vuitton one day but it's going to take a little while till i find how that's done but i will get
0: yeah um you've obviously had uh, a lot of success you know you've got to a point where Pythia's like just hit over 20, is it 21,000 followers now? Um, 24. 24, yeah. Um, and you, you're getting a lot of orders, you're getting a lot of support, and, you know, I think you're doing pretty well. Um Thanks. How much of that success would you say is down to your hard work and how much of that success is down to chance?
1: Interesting. Um, I think hard work always wins. Like, I wouldn't say I really ever take a day off. It's a lot of hard work, so... I chalk it up mostly to my hard work, but I think with hard work, a lot of luck and chances come with that. And I think you, I think what hard work is, is you're working hard to get as many chances at those things as possible. So yeah, like I work really hard and then I get lucky with a lot of chances because I get, I put myself in the position to get those, those opportunities or those chances to things for things to work out.
0: Yeah. Uh, If you had to put a number on it, what would it kind of be? For what? Like how much, how much of it is down to chance and how much is hard work?
1: Okay. Uh, 80, 20. Say that.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. And the final question. Well, I think be- that
1: 20% isn't going to make or break, would never make or break like your brand. Like. Yeah. I'd be maybe 10, 20% more behind than I am right now if I didn't get those 20% chances, but I'd still be on this
0: path to get where I am right now. Yeah. You'd still have the majority of it done, essentially. Right. Yeah. Uh, And the last question would be, if everybody in the world was listening to this podcast right now, what would be your one message for them?
1: If you can make someone's day, you should.
0: I love that. (laughs) I love that. Um, Well, thank you very much for coming on this episode of the podcast. If people want to find your stuff or check it out, where can they go?
1: At Pythia, P-Y-T-H-I-A.